Hello and welcome to Core Truth, the podcast show, where we will discover the core truth that controls our experience of life. I'm your host, Mark Follett, and together with my friend, mentor, and author of the book, The Truth of Love and Fear, Rudy Ecker, we will peel back the outer layers of consciousness in order to understand and realize the nature of our perceptions and the beliefs that control the experience of our lives. We will uncover the true nature of consciousness, what drives our personal actions, behavior, and feelings in life, and what really motivates mankind. So we welcome you to join us on a journey of self-discovery, self-realization, and self-awareness to give you a new insight into who you believe you are. All right, welcome back to to Core Truth. Uh, Mark Follett and Rudy Eckhart here with you, and we wanted to continue our discussion about the, the parallels between the emotional state of a person and their physical state and the physical issues that are related to that. Uh, we, we touched on that in our, in our previous episode, but I think there's far more to explore here. Uh, Rudy, do you want to uh, kick things off with some, some ideas? I think we, we finished the last episode talking about the way that certain parts of your body are related to certain uh, physical ailments or, or certain emotional issues are linked with certain parts of the body. Um, and we were talking about the spine and the back being, you know, to do with supporting your yourself and your burdens uh, in childhood and having to support yourself too early. Um, maybe talk about the heart because I think everyone has a bit of an idea that the heart's related to to love. There's it's a lot of songs written about that, but uh, maybe we could make that a bit clearer for people how you see that. Yeah, well, I have to. The heart is kind of the central point in the body from an energetic perspective. That means that anything above the heart is different, somewhat different in nature. And it's, its energy or its vibration goes to a, what you might call a more spiritual level. Yes. And below the heart, it goes to a more material, earthly level, Grounded. if you like. Yeah. Right? Physical level. Um, the heart is the center of unconditional love, acceptance, and trust. And so the absence of it can uh, affect the function of the heart. Mm. And of course, that's my opinion, yeah. Um, I think you had some personal experience with that to some well, extent. Well, I myself just recently had a, a heart valve replacement and a double bypass, only August um, 2015. Um, I've really well recovered from that, um, which I personally put down partially to the fact that I entered that operation without fear and total trust that I would come out of it in a positive way. Um, I've recovered very quickly. Uh, I feel at this very point uh, very much better, but I can relate this back to my childhood and my childhood experiences where I was not wanted because of the way I was born, the way I came into the family. And so I was the unwanted son because I was not um, a product of the relationship between my mother and her husband. And so uh, the absence of love in my life, and therefore I somehow my heart um, manifested that as a faulty heart valve mm. where um, blood was pumped out, which is like life force, if you like, but wasn't pumped out properly and part of it came back. So <clears throat> how you want to metaphorize that is, a, is, I guess it can be done many different ways, but 
for me, I was not welcome, I did not belong, and I didn't fit into this world. Mm. Something I've been, I was aware of at the age of six, six and a half, mm. that I... You were consciously aware of that. I was that very age. consciously aware. Mm. I, I, strangely enough, I remember very clearly sitting on the lounge room, room floor in our flat in, uh, in The Hague, and um, that's in Holland, and um, looking at my body and having this really strange feeling is that my body was strange to me. I was looking at my hands and my legs and my feet and my, my arms, and I looked at it and I, I thought, why am I in this? What, what is this? What, why, am I, why is this my body? Why, is this, why am I inside of this? And that was the age of six and a half, so I had a strong sense of the separation between my being and my physical body. There was a strong awareness of that, which even to this day, you know, I can't truly explain why it was there. I can only tell you that it was there. Mm. And so, um, yeah, look, I, I myself, I mean, I've done this work for 25 years. I'm always working on myself. I've grown a lot, a massive amount since the time I obviously started this. I've learned through my own journey, but also through the journey I have with my clients, a hell of a lot about myself and transformed a lot about myself. And in that way, um, have a much better existence, if you like, in the sense that um, I have no fears in my life. I, I don't even, and that might sound a bit bizarre to you, but I don't even, I'm not even critical of my issues. I have them and I know they need to be dealt with but they don't define who I really am. You can have an objective view of what you're feeling. Yeah, are. they're just an issue. They're a belief system that I walk around with that needs to go. You recognize it as, as a, a band-aid that needs to be ripped off almost. Yeah, but it's not me. Mm, it's not It's, not, it's the, not who I am. It's not your innate self. No, but I don't enter, identify with my fear as who I am. Mm. See, the problem, the, problem with, with the, the problem and the reason... Uh, why our fears have such an enormous impact on our minds and our bodies is that we identify with our fears. If we believe we're inadequate, then we are the inadequate one. Mm. If we believe we are dis disappointing, then we are the disappointment. Mm. Do you understand? We, we so closely identify with our fears and insecurities that we, that we become our fears and insecurities emotionally and physically often. Mm. And so that is the problem. It, it is, it, it is what, one of the major steps you can make for yourself, even in this very simple form I'm going to give you, is that the moment that you have a fear is to say to yourself, yes, I feel this, I'm aware of this fear, but it does not represent who I really am. It mm. is your mental approach to separating yourself, who you really are, from your fears, and recognizing that who you truly are cannot be this fearful person that you may at that moment feel yourself to be. Mm. Yeah? And that is a very strong and very um, positive thing to do for it's yourself. very empowering. Very empowering. It may not solve the problem, mm. but it will, it will help you to create a division between your authentic self and your fearful self and start to realize that you're not your fearful self, which mm. then gives you a more objective perspective on what that might be all about but also gives your true self an opportunity to start becoming present in your life. Mm. And because that should be who you identify with, your authentic self, your true self, that original part of you that you were born with, which is unique to you. Mm. 
I would say to tie what you're saying now back into a conversation about the physical body is that as, as some, for some people it is difficult to identify whether they're operating from a place of fear or not because they're quite bound up in it. But if you have a physical negative experience or, a, or any sort of negative experience, that points to the fear. And I, I, I'll give, another, I'll give my, one of my own examples because I think your example is quite common in terms of heart being related to being loved. But every, every single part of your body and every single physical thing, I believe, is definitely connected to an emotional state. And on a more simple level, I probably three or four months ago, we, we had a, you know, quite a change in what we were doing in our lives. and I didn't get much time for exercise and I really enjoy getting out and going for a jog on the beach and that sort of thing. And it just it, life got really busy and for a few weeks in a row, I didn't get much opportunity to do that. And I find that's a very expressive place for me is to go to the beach and go for a mm-hmm. run and enjoy movement. And, uh, and I got you know, itchy uh, rashes on my legs and I said to my wife, I don't understand why I'm getting these rashes on my, on my lower shins, you know. She said, well, quite obviously, because her and I talk about these sorts of things all the time, she said, quite obviously, you love running and that's to do with, with the part of you that carries you when you're running, the part of you that moves when you're running. Sure enough, I went for a run and the next couple of days, the, uh, the, the, the itchy legs that I had actually cleared up. So I feel that you can be mindful of what your, what your physical body is doing mm-hmm. and sometimes you're, you're so caught up in what you're doing, you don't have time to pause, think about your emotional state. But sometimes mm-hmm. you get these little red flags on your physical body that are quite minor but they all point to something greater yeah but but to to take your own personal experience a bit further because yeah that the fact that you get rashes on your shins right may actually point to the fact that there is a certain fear inside of you that if you don't exercise that if you don't do the running that if you don't do it that you won't be well that you won't be healthy that your circulation won't flow yeah or there could be a whole number of other things, like you you might not be ready for... Um, okay, the lower legs, the Achilles heel, the part that you use for pushing off when you, when you walk and run, can be related to um, feeling the need to have the energy to get away from things mm-hmm. if you can't cope with them, mm-hmm. right? So the capacity to avoid something push it away, run, away. run push away. it out of your life, yeah. is a metaphor for this capacity in your lower legs to spring away from something that might be mm-hmm. physical, a physical threat, mm-hmm. right? And so, in a way, you know, this could be related to something like that in your life. Yeah, there's obviously a deeper, a deeper meaning to it Yeah, as well. because you shouldn't get a rash because you don't run. From yeah. a literal perspective, that shouldn't be the case. I, I was, when I turned to my thoughts at the time... I was kind of feeling trapped in what I was doing in, in terms of the the events that were happening in my life felt like I was more like a robot than a, than a human and I couldn't get out and express myself and do what I you wanted to do. You just said it, I couldn't get out. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get away from it. Yeah. And yeah. you needed to... So in other words, you, you, there could be within you a fear of being trapped yes. in expectations and responsibilities, for instance. I'd say that's true. Okay. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Do you understand yeah. there's a fear of being restricted by the expectations and demands that others place on you? Mm-hmm. And so... By taking... Resp- I have to take responsibility for and so you, other people. So you want to run. So you want to run away. Yeah. So when you can't run, you get rashes on your... your because it's... Do you understand? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, so, perfect, a perfect description of exactly what we're talking about, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I guess the key is how do you... 
how do you tie all that like together without the experience that you've got? You know, I, I guess an individual well, looks at themselves and says, "Well, I'm not well. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having the physical experiences, or I'm having negative physical or emotional experiences. The voices in my head are telling me negative things all the time about myself. Where, where does someone start? Well, you 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 start. I think I I think one of the biggest problems we have as as human beings in current society. If I can go big here for a moment, go. Yep. Um, is that we live in a society that basically does not teach us culturally uh, in schools uh, through our parents um, to understand who we are, to understand about ourselves and to understand reality. Do I understand the reality of our being, the function of our consciousness, right? So those are things that if you don't understand it, how can you um, think you can get answers on, mm. on the sort of questions that you have? So somewhere along the way, you've got to make an effort. Uh, just like you learned uh, mathematics in order for you to be able to uh, spend your money and know what change you get back, <laughs> right? Um, that was essential for you because without knowing that, you could be ripped off all the time. So because it's important for you not to be ripped off, you learn to count. Even the most ignorant person, I promise you, knows how to count their, count their money. Count their change. All right, because yeah. it matters. Do you mm -hmm. understand? Now, in a society like ours, right, there is a, we live in a culture of fear. Yes. And we live in a culture of blame. We live in a culture of not taking responsibility for our lives. We live in a culture whereby we um, hold outside sources and outside influences responsible for how we live our life, for the choices and decisions we make, and therefore the outcomes and consequences. And, right? that, and that may be... And that is all opposite to that, where we should be. That may be a person looking at their partner, at their children, at their neighbour, or at their politicians and world leaders. Or we could talk about Mark, who looks at responsibility, expectations and the demands of others as a restriction on his life. Yep. Again, it's from the outside. But it's not restricted to one individual other. It's all others, really, isn't it? I, I would be feeling those same things, whether I'm relating to my children, my yeah. wife. Whether it comes through work or whether it's a yes. friend or... If, if, if you... I mean, you basically have a very good heart, and I know that. That's why you're sitting next to me <laughs> right now. Um, but... Um, when you have those issues, that doesn't stop you from going into the sort of, or creating the sort of consequences you've experienced. Mm. And that probably are emotional consequences that you haven't even acknowledged. They probably are. If yes. you know what I mean. We haven't even, and we haven't had a chance to work on it with you yet, <laughs> right? And we will, over time, uh, because it matters. Um, but to go back to this general view of the world, right, it's really important to understand this. Because it ultimately is all about you, while it is not really about the world at all. Because this world we live in is because of the collective. In other words, every human consciousness that walks this planet at the moment, in the way all of us have been raised, no matter what society you live in, is largely, or every individual is largely driven by fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is such an enormous component of everybody's life that we become to normalize it, we become to accept it as something that everybody has. The times that I hear one of my clients say to me, 
But isn't everybody afraid? It's almost isn't like every, it's like it's almost beca- it's become a justification and an explanation for a fear. So we we hear somebody say this and we say, oh, that's right. Of course, everybody has it. So don't have to deal with it. Well, I think there's a metaphor there with the physical as well. We're almost getting to a point where everyone's sick and everyone's got something wrong with them, and we just accept that. You know, people have something wrong with them, especially as they get older. Oh, well, people get sick when they get older. So yeah, yeah, we, we do have that just, attitude. Just and, and so what we do then, we take our bodies, we take them to the doctor, and if we could leave them behind and pick them up later when the, the, when the doctor is, is finished with them, we probably would. Like the car mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> we treat our body as if it's a car. We don't realize that we, our minds, our spirit, are intimately connected with our body and make our body be what it is. And you can talk about, of course, you can talk about say, say for instance, right? Let's let's. Here's an interesting. It's a very interesting thing to see because it's a, it's it's the way people do not think. Um, everybody knows about Beijing, China, the enormous pollution that is there. People walk around with masks. Cars have to be taken off the road. People can't even go outside. Uh, God knows how many people are dying from. Um, uh, breath or lung related issues because yeah. of the pollution right let alone the infections and god knows what they have we don't even talk about that um, and it looks like that these people are the victim of directly related to the pollution in the air and that they cannot do anything about it because they're living there right but you see Everything in the world is interrelated. So it's not just about the people in Beijing, it's also about us. Because we sell China the coal that causes the pollution that makes Beijing an impossible place to live in. And we buy the goods that they're making that makes it And we buy the goods and we do all of that. So we live with our fears that want us to buy goods really cheap. And we need to sell coal because we don't think there's any other way that we can create energy. We do not believe that there, there is any other way that our economy can function, right? And there's a bunch of people out there who have, like I was reading in a magazine at the moment, that um, half the world's wealth is owned by 1% of the population of the world. Mm-hmm. If you don't recognize it as a huge inequity, then you need to look again, <laughs> right? How is that even possible? Mm. And that is because the people that have to what but the people that are in that one percent are the people that are pushing for the very things that pollute Beijing Beijing and make it impossible for people to breathe and they're dying there. Mm. Right? There's people moving back to Fukushima, right? Now they're sending the old people back into Fukushima. They're saying it's okay for people to live there now, they've cleaned it up. Mm. Uh, it takes millions of years for the, for the radiation to die. The Fukushima plant is pouring high levels of radiation into the ocean, which are now being noticed across the Pacific, right? So you can no longer think that what happens in one place has nothing to do with you because emotionally we're all engaged. We're engaged in what this planet is all about and what's happening here. We have war, famine, people, 60 million people as refugees because of the way we are in our lives. And so the place to start when you say, how, how do you get to do this, is with you. Yeah, I, 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 st- I still think, I mean, the original question I asked is, how do, how do people start? I mean, 
people are probably quite empowered by what you're saying and they completely agree with what you're saying and they want to know what what do I do and it's probably the wrong question I would I think you would say what do I do next okay I think you're, it's the wrong you're, question your doingness should be should be focused on being yes so whatever you do has to be directed towards how you are there are certain beliefs that you need to accept as an overall conclusion of the things that you um, that you learn right or that you can learn for instance that your physical reality is a pro- is a product of who you are as an individual and that therefore if you have an issue in your physical reality and your phys- and your reality experiences of life your the way you engage relationships the way you engage friendships what happens to you at work all those things are really a product of who you are your inner identity and not the things that you do the things that you do are are a consequence of, of who, who you are, are. Mm. so they're not the primary so if you keep focusing on what you do and trying to fix what you do all you're doing is changing strategy yes you you're actually looking at the doing rather than the doer you're looking at the thinker or you're looking at the thought rather than the thinker i should say mm-hmm. yeah yes. so if you want to change the thought change the thinker if yes. you want to change what is done change the doer mm. because it's a doer intent or the doer's fear the doer's insecurity which will determine how that person will act and behave in the world and the way they do what they do and what the intent is behind it right now so the first thing really is to take responsibility to hold yourself accountable for every every experience that is negative in your life for every act that you do that is based on a negative feeling like guilt or insecurity or greed or uh, need or uh, dependence or being critical of people judgmental of people that's all you you are doing that or feeling like you need to control things same thing yeah feeling powerless helpless uh, uh, resentful um, demanding uh, forgotten dismissed discarded not listened to not heard the list is long mm. all those things right have to do with you you are the instigator of that situation if 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 you have if you always feel that feel that no one listens to you then maybe you should look at yourself first if you're constantly being ignored then look at yourself first don't blame others for ignoring you mm. if you feel that nobody's interested in you maybe you're not interested <laughs> or interesting either maybe you're not making yourself interesting yes yeah if, uh, maybe you because you're you uh, there's so many people that uh, particularly in the, at the present time that have the idea that the world should entertain them that the world should make their life interesting that the world should make their life exciting but that means only that these people are unexciting boring individuals who have nothing to offer have no creative output i i would say as well that people that are in inverted commas on a spiritual journey are often people that supplement the world for the universe uh, and they say the universe is doing this to me or the universe is causing this or it's giving me this and and it's pretty much just this, you're just supplanting the the world with something you think is at a higher plane and and saying that you're the victim of that yes there's also another kind of person who walks around and um, often uh, labels themselves spiritual who say that the universe will provide which is kind of what I'm saying as well <coughs> either the universe is causing things or the universe will just 
provide give for you, me. Pro- provide you with things. You're still offsetting your responsibility for yourself to another thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it goes, you know, you're right, obviously. Yeah, people do not take responsibility. But on a deeper level, <clears throat> you don't recognize yourself as the creator mm. on any level. Mm. <clears throat> the creator of your issues or the creator of positive things. Mm. Because as long as you, as long as you wait, <clears throat> right. as long as you wait for the uh, universe to provide, you're not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, it's highly unlikely that if you sit in a locked room, right, thinking the universe will provide, that the universe will provide anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you definitely have to, your consciousness is the universe, is, an, is, a, is how can I put it to you? Collective consciousness, and I don't just mean the consciousness on this planet. Mm-hmm. I mean consciousness as it is a total part of the whole universe beyond even our knowledge, right? Beyond what we can see. All of that, the consciousness that's contained in that and is um, the source of everything that is the way I see it, mm-hmm. that consciousness is us. So it's individual consciousness that is a part of this greater consciousness we are the creators. We are the influencers. The co-creators, yeah. We are, we, 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 we are the created that create. Yes. Do you understand? We are the created that have the power to create. But we're still in the sandbox. We're still like little children in this universe because we can't even get past our childhood issues. <laughs> Do you understand? We still live on a planet driven by fear. Yeah. We've got a long way to go. We, we have a... I'm not sure we're going the right direction even. Well, that's your choice. Do you understand? <laughs> if you want to, live, you want to live your life your life in powerlessness and not take responsibility for your life, that's the direction the, world, the collective world will be mm. going in. If you become the one who's responsible for one's own life and becomes the creator in the sense you take responsibility for what you create in your life, then the world is going in that direction. Yes. So each individual, right, uh, has a lot more power, and that's, again, is something else I would like to talk about, mm. than you might think as an individual. Yeah. We're very powerful beings, but we definitely don't... We're extremely powerful beings, but we don't know, we don't understand, we don't realize the power that we have within that, that makes us a powerful force. And, and is it because we identify with our fears that we don't realize that? Yeah, we identify more strongly with our fears, and there are also reasons for that which require explanation. Mm, mm. Why we identify so closely with our fears. All right, so we, I think we started talking about physical, uh, physical issues as a as a as a metaphor for our emotional expression. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to tie up with that before we move on to a new a new thought? Because we kind of got a little off track there, but it's all related because you, your physical body is something that you create very intimately, and but the, your world that you experience is also something that you're a co-creator in as well. Exactly. So there's a, there's definitely a link there between the emotional state of your being and the emotional state and, and the physical state of your body. Your fears and insecurities that are shared, and that creates the the physical issues with the earth. There's a, there's a parallel. The world there. environment as world we environment. experience it. Yes. Yeah. That, that is, all these things are interrelated. Mm. So 
So they're all, whenever you see negativity anywhere, whether you see it because there's a camp in Libya with a million and a half people or 10 million people, I don't know how many anymore, sitting in the middle of the desert waiting to die, mm. or whether you see the war in, uh, between the Israelis and the Palestinians or in Syria, or you see what's happening um, in Beijing in terms of pollution, or you hear about a shooting mm. in the United States. Or even something as simple as itchy legs. Yeah. It all relates back to us. Yeah. So any 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 scale of negativity yeah. relates to our beliefs that come from a fear place. Rather than thinking, wow, that guy that shot all these girls or shot all these students or whatever in America is a total idiot and a nutcase, right? Try and understand what what would motivate someone to actually go to that extreme mm. in order to have some power in the world and have some impact on their own existence mm. through doing an act like this. And then ask yourself the question, is there any possibility at all that I could do that? Because mm. I promise you, there is. Yeah. We all are capable of being mass murderers. We all have the capacity to do horrible things. Put people in the right position with fear, yes. with issues and problems, and you can push them to just about to do anything. And there are people in the world that know this and use this against humanity as a whole. Mm. That's a scary thought. Well, we might uh, we might finish it on that uh, on that topic for today, and we'll, and we'll definitely take up some of the the, uh, the greater topics that we, we touched on there today in our in our future episodes. So, thank you again, Rudy, for joining us today. You're very welcome. And uh, we'll see everybody next episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm.